as we were worshiping uh, there this morning, especially, especially into that final song, Jesus, Holy and Anointed One. Uh, those of you who might not know this, it's, an, it's a classic vineyard song. It, it dates way back, early days of the vineyard church. And I remember as a young believer, 16, 17 years of age, singing that song and being completely undone by it. And when you read the words, it is simple. It is not as, well, I'm not into music, right? But I, I can tell it's not technically really detailed and musically difficult, I don't think. If Sergi can do it, it must be easy. Sorry, do you know what? Actually, that's unfair. I actually thought, fair play. I, I really, really this morning actually thought, we actually need to celebrate and honor all of our guys that lead worship, and especially Sergi, actually. <laughs> Although he does still deserve a hard time on occasions. Um, and as we're singing that song this morning again, I was just like, oh man, this is it. This is the one. And don't get me wrong, like I... I when we do corporate worship like that, I engage with God in varying degrees of connection, I guess. And that, that and there are lots of reasons, there's lots of factors why, but I don't know, I just felt in that last song just like this real deep connection to Him, to God. And, and it made me begin to sort of question and think, my goodness, what? What is this all about? This next bit is like confession of a pastor. Confessions of the insecurities of a pastor. Leading through these last couple of years or so, you're like, you haven't got, you haven't got a clue what you're doing half the time. You're just trying to make the best of what you've got and what you're dealing with. And coming out of coronavirus, so sort of summertime of last year, I remember we met a couple of times, those of you who gathered together down in Marine Gardens, we had a cup of tea and a chat. And I remember saying to, I think it was Andrew Adams, I said, do you know what, I'm just glad we've got, I think we've got a church left. Because honestly, there were times you're like, I don't know, we're going to have people left at the end of the day. And these last number of weeks and months as we've tried to steer this, and lead you uh, into his presence. There's times when I'm just questioning and thinking, goodness, are we teaching on the right stuff? Is the worship good enough? Is the hall okay? What about our online presence, our social media? And all of those various factors which are important to pay attention to. And I just thought this morning as we're worshiping, just this real freedom of like, Paul, all you really have is me, and that is all we have. So if you're coming here this morning, you're looking for just the most incredible sermon, you're going to be really disappointed this morning. We come because of him. We gather because of him. We make the effort to get dressed and come out an hour earlier because of him, and it's him that gives us what we've got. I'll be honest, as a parent of of teenagers and watching our teenagers grow up, I'm not just talking about our own, but the others who gather, who it's, again, I just highlight to you, 
is incredibly exciting that we have so many that are connecting. There's part of me is just like, I want this to be so relevant for them. I want this to be so engaging for them. I just so want them to, to connect and find relationship with him. And again, that's important that we look at what we do and how we do what we do. But at the end of the day, it's up to each of them and us whether we choose him or not. And I don't know why I'm saying any of this. I just, uh, maybe I just need to get that off my chest or maybe that's just what God was speaking and doing with me. All we have is him, his presence, his love. He is all that we need. And um, the rest of what we do is just, I guess, the best we can do. So there you go. That's probably better than what I've prepared. <laughs> so here it goes. Buenos dias. Me amo Pablo. Si, sí, senor. Gracias. Check me out. So I think it was three weeks ago. It might have been four weeks ago. I, uh, I, I said that I had uh, begun on a quest of beginning to learn Spanish. Those of you who know me, I'm absolutely rubbish at languages and completely ignorant. Yes, I am that person that goes abroad and expects them to speak English for me, to my shame. And, uh, and I was so inspired by a friend of mine that I thought I would download the app Duolingo, of which I have a 31-day streak now. Isn't that incredible? And, uh, and honestly, I'm really, really enjoying it, uh, learning how to speak another language. Which, uh, which is very interesting. But learning, any of you have done that before, it requires discipline. It requires a daily attempt at it. And it requires the ability to slowly but surely become tuned in to the language. And Chantel will tell you, there's moments, if ever you've done the app or you know it, or maybe just cast your memories back to school life, you hear the words coming and they speak them so quickly as well. It's just so annoying. There's actually a button that you can press. It's, um, it's of a tortoise. And I press the tortoise button because it then speaks the words really slowly so I can pay attention. And so I'm listening to the Spanish and I'm thinking, I hear the words, they're going in the ear, they're coming to the brain. But see, when I speak them, they don't sound the same at all. And Chantel cracks up at me. So honestly, it's just, which is great entertainment as well, by the way. Um, but it's important to tune in and to listen. As we continue our series on prayer, um, I want to just begin by reading this by uh, Bonhoeffer. Just as a child learns to speak because his father speaks to him, so we learn to speak to God because God has, chose, has spoken to us and speaks to us. It's important in our uh, prayer life, this, this journey that we're engaging on, that we spend as much time listening than we do actually speaking and talking ourselves. I was reminded last week again of the purpose of prayer, this massive subject, this massive part of us as believers and this wonderful way in which we connect with God. I was reminded by some brilliant words which I'm going to quote uh, Kate. So we've gone from um, Bonhoeffer to uh, Kate Crosby here. Um, a seamless link wherever you are, yes. Um, Kate said these words, Our Father in heaven 
isn't in the business of Amazon prayers, granting requests to faceless souls left on our doorsteps. He wants a relationship with us. He wants us to know him and be known by him. He wants uh, to spend time with us, listen to our prayers, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's what it's about. It's about relationship. And like in any relationship, it's important to listen as well as to speak. Have you ever um, had that moment or that conversation? You're in one, maybe with another person, and you realize they're the ones doing all the talking. You ever have those? Maybe you know people like that. It's a bit, they're a bit annoying, those kind of people, I'll be honest with you. I remember a time, Chantel and I were on holiday years ago um, in the south of Ireland, and we caught up with some old friends of mine from England, and there were some other folks over visiting as well, and there was this, this meal, this time together. And, um, and on reflection, at the end of it, we were just like, they did all the talking. They just did, and, and their lives were quite interesting, actually. I'll not bore you with their lives, but it was quite interesting. And Chantel and I, we joked in the car on the way home. We were just like, oh, that was, that was really good tonight, wasn't it? Yes. And anyway, my name's Paul. What's your name? Oh, I'm Chantel. Oh, yeah, yeah. And what do you do, Paul? So we had that conversation kind of jokingly on the way home. Um, it's important to listen. Those of you who are involved in education, you will know when someone is not listening. You can tell by the expression or non-expression in the room. I'm glad that many of you are tuned in to me this morning, I can tell. Jeff McConnell's not in the room, he's probably still at home asleep. That was a, that was a cheeky day. I, his, what's that? Oh, he's on, kids. Don't I feel bad? <laughs> Don't tell him. Oh, I'm sure the secret's safe. By the way, if you're our guest here this morning, and this is important, or if you're tuning in online, when I make those jibey jokes, it's with people I know well and love dearly, and it's okay, in case you're wondering, is that the way you treat all people in this church? It's not. It's important that we spend time listening, and I need to speed up here. Some ways in which we listen to God in our prayer, and the first one is through the Bible. Contained in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, give us today our daily bread. And Jesus was primarily talking about our physical needs, supplying for us what we need. But he was, or we can take, I think, legitimately from it, he's also speaking about spiritual nourishment too. Jesus, while tempted in the desert um, for 40 days and 40 nights, he quotes to, uh, to the enemy, to the devil, uh, words from the Bible, from Deuteronomy. He says that man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The Bible is our primary source of God's word and God's words and voice to us. Paul writes that all scripture is God-breathed, it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in all righteousness. Whenever we venture away from hearing God in ways which we're going to cover shortly that are not in line with what the Bible teaches, then it is not God who is speaking. We weigh and test all things based upon the Scriptures. 
The Bible is lots of things. It's made up of many books. Uh, some of it is, gives an incredible historic account, and we can read it almost a little bit like a history book and learn about various things. I mean, the, the video then captured some brilliant stories of incredible women through the ages. The Bible is prophetic and, and called forth things that would come in the future, which many of that was fulfilled later in Scripture as we read it, often in the coming of Jesus. Much of the book is still prophetic for things to come, especially as we read Revelation and other parts of it. The Bible is poetic and music-based, and we can engage through listening to what God says through those words. Some of the best worship songs, the modern ones that we sing in our churches, some of the best ones are based purely on the written word of the Lord. The Bible has aspects of it which an accountant would be very proud of, detailing names and numbers of people. The Bible is full of letters written from a person to a people, um, the Bible is for and forth telling. There are many threads of the Scriptures right the way through from the Old Testament all the way through to the New Testament, common themes that flow from book to book. Uh, it's made up of a great number of authors spanning several centuries and millennia. It's described as a sword. Ephesians 6 describes the word of the Lord as a sword. And if it we look back again to when Jesus was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. He quotes scripture. He quotes the Bible. He quotes the words in order to fight the enemy. As a young believer, I remember um, I would have been 16, 17. I remember I had a New Testament Bible. In fact, I had Mark's Gospel. Uh, I say this to lots of people who are starting out in faith for the first time. Mark's Gospel is 16 chapters. You do half a chapter a day. You've, you've pretty much nailed it in a month. I remember doing that as a discipline every single day. And then I, I sent it off and I got sent uh, a New Testament. And I, and I would have come every day really simply and I would have prayed these words, God, speak to me now, please, through your word. Amen. A very simple prayer. It almost, I, I, could, I could see traits of becoming very religious very quickly. I felt like I had to pray that prayer, which is a bit daft now looking back. But I prayed with real sincerity, certainly to begin with, God, I'm going to read these words. Speak to me. I'm listening through what I read. As we read the Bible, it reads us. As we read the Bible, it reads us. It reads our thoughts, our intents, our motives, our behaviors. And one of the ways in which God speaks to us brilliantly and effectively uh, and formationally is through a practice which we have demonstrated and shown before called Lectio Divina. And it's a way that as we read the scriptures, God speaks directly into us in a formational way. Give me, give me a favorite Bible verse. Anyone, speak it out. Go for it. That will do. For I know the plans I have for you. Okay, we'll camp out on that. Okay, so we're going to practice it. Lectio Divina, here, right now. 
We ready, we read, we reflect, we respond, we rest, we return. I invite you to close your eyes and ready yourselves. Perhaps pray that prayer. Speak to me through your word. And then we read. This is from the Bible. For I know the plans I have for you. Many of us will know the rest of it. But just camp out on that now. For I know the plans I have for you. Just reflect on that personally right now. What's he saying? What's he saying to you through his written word? For I know the plans I have for you. Just meditate on that for a moment. And that's us just reflecting. And now let us respond. The response is, what do you want me to do about that? What's my role? What are you inviting me into? And then you'd move into a, part, a time of rest and then return. For the purpose of time, I'm sorry, we need to move on. That's it. Just very, very simple. Very simple. The last one there is return. So I'd encourage you today, rest of the day, you're out walking a dog, you're having Mother's Day dinner. It's mad. Oh my goodness, it's going to be mad in some of our homes. But return. Return to that. Allow, invite the Lord to speak, to drop it into your head again. Return to what's God saying through that? Lectio Divina. It's a practice, it's a way of reading the scriptures and inviting God to speak. I really will be quick on these last ones. The second one is this. God speaks to us when we listen through dreams, through visions, and a whole manner of wonderful ways. I remember as a new believer, oh, I was 18, 19, I was on a youth camp away, and uh, the guy that was speaking was speaking about God speaks to us in, uh, prophetically, often through pictures. And I'm thinking, oh man, this is just a bit weird, but I'll give it a go. 
And, um, and I remember just praying for someone, and, um, and God gave me a picture, uh, or we could use the word, a vision. And the picture or the vision was simply, I remember it so profoundly, it was, you know, uh, some of you will have doormats at your front doors uh, as you go into your own house, and some of them might say on it, welcome home. And I just felt as I was praying and I was waiting on God, trying to listen for this person that I was praying for, God just give me that picture. And I was just like, oh man, that's just a bit naff. Like, oh, that's just a bit, I've had too much cheese or something. And I remember just sharing it and saying, I don't know if this is the Lord, but, and I just shared that, what I've just shared with you. And it's like, it made such an impact on the person. Really, really, I was just like, oh, wow, that was easy. Check me out, holy man. It's like God speaks. And often to people that are real visual kind of people, God will speak these images into our heads. Um, words, it could be you just have this word, these phrases um, for a certain person. It could be actually through our dreams Sometimes we can be so preoccupied through the busyness of life that we actually miss what God's saying. But actually when we're sleeping, we're not doing anything else. We're just sleeping. And we all have dreams. And many of them can just be weird and wonderful. But God does speak definitely through our dreams. It's in the book. Go check it out. And I know for me from experience that some of the most uh, directional um, decisions that I've had to make. God has spoken to me in a dream. And so pay attention to them. If you're dreaming this week and you kind of wake up and you're like, oh, that was weird, pay attention to it. Write it down. Ponder it. Pray. Invite. Ask the Lord. Is there something in this? God speaks to us through creation, through our conscious, uh, conscious, con how do you say that word? Consciences, no, yeah, conscience. Why can't I say that word? It's too much learning Spanish. Can't speak English. I'll use an easier word. Our knower. We just know in our knower, don't we? When something's right or something's wrong. Um, God speaks to us sometimes through angelic visitation. I don't know if that's happened to me. It's not knowingly happened ever to me. But I know for some of you, uh, God speaks to you through preaching and listening to people talking. And some might say, I'm similar, but even God spoke in the Bible through a talking donkey. Caution. Some of what I've just said can be very subjective. And that's why I said we must weigh and test it. Thirdly, hearing God through counsel and common sense. Sometimes we can't see the wood for the trees. And sometimes, especially if we're longing for God to speak, we can nearly read too much into lots of things. I know, again, when I've been really seeking the Lord for something, I've become really tuned in to the, fact, the point where I'm looking at lorries go by. And it could be like a Linus food truck, or it could be, you know, Vision Express, it could be the Amazon, in fact, Amazon just have Amazon, don't they? That would be no good. If Amazon Prime, I can look at the word. And I begin reading way too much into stuff when actually I just need to use my loaf. 
in the decisions or decisions I need to make because God's given me a real spirit of wisdom because he's given us that. And if we don't have it, we lack it, we ask for it. And if we don't know it ourselves, what do we do? We seek wise counsel. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. That's important that we tune in to others that might give us uh, God's word through other people. Personal reflection. We did this in staff meeting on Thursday morning as we gathered this morning. We just gathered and said, we're just going to wait. We're just going to pray. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit. We're just going to wait. We're just simply going to just, just listen, be attentive, pray the prayer that we prayed at the beginning of the service. I am here with you. You are here with me. I am here with you. You're hope. And then we just wait, just wait in his presence, listening listening to the simple whispers, the simple reminders, the still, small voice of the Lord that often comes. Uh, a word of caution. This is, this is a practice that I have avoided often for fear of what God might say. Being totally truthful with you, I don't like silence. I like busyness. I like being active. I don't like to sit still. And some of you will know God took me through a journey of silence and solitude. It's like, no, give me anything else, not silence. And alone time. But it's in that place where I believe God wants to speak to many of us. And don't be afraid of what he might say. I often thought, oh, I know he's just going to press on my sin. He's just going to remind me of the stuff I should be doing and the stuff I should... And often... I found the opposite to be true. I found that often in those times there were just real deep moments of the Father speaking lovingly, quietly, graciously, like a father does and should do. Lastly, as we pray, we hear God speak in action as we obey his voice. Blessed are they who hear the word of the Lord and obey it. When God speaks and he gives us instructions of things to do, we would do well to pay attention and to obey his voice. As we obey, he speaks more. It's the parables, uh, parable of the talents. Jesus, when he reinstates Peter, it's the most beautiful bit of scripture in John 21. Only John uh, wrote it down out of the four Gospels. And Peter knows he's screwed up and Jesus is uh, lovingly restoring him. Pete, Jesus has already said to Peter, Pete, you're going to build the church. You're the main man. There's going to be lots of these other guys. All my other apprentices, they're going to help you. But Peter, you're the rock. I'm going to build my church on you. You're going to start it. That was the long-term Thing that the Lord Jesus had for Peter and in this conversation that Jesus has with him he just simply says Peter do you love me he says yes feed my sheep Peter do you love me yeah yes I do I love it. feed my sheep three times feed my sheep he gives them he gives Peter the next step just be obedient feed my sheep feed those that I'm going to give you be there for your brothers who are around you now. Soon I'm not going to be with you. 
God speaks to us sometimes with the next step. And we would do well and be attentive to it very briefly. Some of you will know a bit of our story. Um, on our wedding day, um, stood in Belfast Castle, overlooking Belfast, uh, my friend, uh, uh, our pastor from England who spoke at our wedding, uh, he said to me, he said, Paul, you're meant to be here in Northern Ireland because we were, we were married here, but we were living and beginning our marriage in England. And, and he said, you're meant to be here and you're meant to plant churches here. And I said, I know, I know, I, I sense that. I believe God's spoken that to us. I've, I have a real sense that that's going to happen. And little by little, uh, choices of obedience along the way. 16 months later, we moved from England to here. We uh, built our lives here in Carrick, Fergus. We started a family here. I did a year's training to become a teacher. I taught uh, here in Carrick. And all the while, just this, this, this dream, this thing that God had entrusted to us that we would someday do this. And didn't know how, didn't know who with, didn't know where. An opportunity came. We went to Coleraine. We were there for two and a half years. That was a step of obedience. It was a risky one. It was a costly one. It was a wonderful one. When we came back, we took the risk and the step of faith because it was an obedience to the Lord that we would plant a church. We did that. Eight years later, we planted another church, and we planted another church out. I didn't know that about Mothering Sunday. Perhaps we should have had our friends from Antrim Coast come join us this morning. It's small steps of obedience. God speaks and he gives you the next step. And as we walk into that, he gives us more and he gives us more. Let's draw this to a close. What is it that God's inviting you to do this week? Have a go. Have a go. Something else. As we grow and we develop in this prayer, as we listen to what God is saying to us.